Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. And now, a guy who would jump at the chance to be running with the devil down in Panama, J.P. <laughs> Shadrick. Welcome in. Yes, uh, what a day yesterday. Uh, Eddie Van Halen gone. Welcome in. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on this Wednesday of Texans Week. J.P. Shadrick, we'll get to Bucky Brooks and John Osier coming up. Let's get to what's coming up on the show today. The Jags and the Texans preview in week five at NRG Stadium in Houston. They have fired their head coach in Houston. Bill O'Brien is gone. Romeo Cornell is the interim head coach. We'll get to what's going on there. The Jaguars, though, as the quarterback so eloquently said today, have their own stuff to figure out. He didn't say stuff, though. Uh, uniform unveiling. We'll get to Jimmy Luck, head equipment manager for the Jags. A scout's view from Bucky Brooks on the Jags wide receiver core so far. And we'll play big game Jaguar. We'll pick our Jaguars to have a big game in Houston this Sunday. Bucky Brooks, John Ogier with us now. Bucky, what's going on out in L.A.? Man, everything is good. Looking forward to a very positive week from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hoping we can go 1-0 this week. Yeah, week to week, John. Week to week. And, JP, if that happens, you will dance, dance, dance the night away. Oh, look at ah, that. I like that reference there. Yeah, I like that reference there. Well I got done, you with that John. one. Uh, Circled around. You got me. <laughs> That's pretty good. Pretty good. Nothing gets by Johnny O. Uh, let's get to the injury report today. We'll start with that. That's one of the biggest storylines this week for the Jags. Uh, by the way, a bunch of guys didn't practice today. C.J. Henderson was not out there with a shoulder issue. Josh Allen was not out there with what is listed as a knee issue. Miles Jack with his ankle. He came out of the game last week. Tyler Shatley, not injury-related. Cam Robinson with a knee, did not practice today. Will Richardson Jr. with an illness. And uh, Tyler Eifert with a scheduled day off. But uh, Josh Allen is on that list. That one kind of surprised me a little bit, John, I must say. Yeah, it didn't shock me. He left and came back on Sunday. And, you know, he's your prized possession, so to speak. You, you know, you don't want that jewel to break. So my sense is that was a little more precautionary. He wasn't a guy that Doug had talked about Monday. Um, I think you're going to be real careful with Josh Allen. Uh, I think in, it seems like during camp early in the season, he had one where they sort of held him out a little bit. Uh, be very careful with Josh. He's pretty good, Bucky. He is pretty good. You want to make sure that we're able to get him available on game day. He is the one pass rusher that the Jags have up front. So it's very important that you take care of him and get him right so he can be at his best on Sunday. All right, so that's the biggest storyline. How healthy will this team be going into Sunday's game? And, and Marone said earlier in the week that everybody uh, has a chance to play this week, even the guys that, that probably didn't practice today, he said earlier today, uh, except DJ Hayden, who is now, of course, on injured reserve. We'll see how the week goes in practice and see who's up and ready. Uh, the Jags, though, guys, are facing a team that has started 0-4 down in Houston, and they have fired their head coach, Bill O'Brien, gone after that 0-4 start. Bucky, is there anything to a team circling the wagons, if you will, after a moment like that and and playing a little bit better, or is that oversold? No, no, I think there's something to it. I think you can expect the Texans to have a little burst 
or shot of energy with Bill O'Brien being let go. Some of that will be due to his abrasive style. Um, guys will kind of welcome a, a different voice in the front of the room and Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell will try and get them to kind of pull together and say, look, this this is where we are. We're 0-4, but this division is still attainable. And so I would expect the Texans to really be um, up for a very, very game fight. And so this is one where the Jaguars have to be careful. They can't take them lightly because their coach was recently dismissed. Yeah, John, this is one where they haven't played a division game yet in Houston. So as Bucky said, this is all out in front of them still. Now, they've played just about every good team outside the division, it seems like. Uh, <laughs> I think it's all out in front of them. I'm sure that will be the message that uh, Cornell uh, gives to them. And I agree with Bucky. You know, I always go back, JP, we saw it here. The Jaguars were in the midst of a miserable losing streak when they, filed Gus, when they fired Gus Bradley in 2016. Doug Marone came in, and from watching that team before, you wouldn't have thought this team was going to win any games. They came out and rolled Tennessee when Tennessee had a lot to play for that day, if you remember. That was the day where the Titans had playoff scenario on the line. Out of playoff, never beat playoff scenario team in the NFL, and the Jaguars beat them bad. I do think there's an adrenaline and there's a refocus Guys are a little bit more on edge because they know that it's a new set of eyes on them. So, yes, for the Jaguars, that is the biggest factor in favor of the Texans, who aren't playing as well as I thought they would. Normally, I would say this is the game the Jaguars can win. They've got to watch that adrenaline issue. So, um, as Gardner Minshew said today, we've got enough turmoil of our own. We've got to figure our stuff out first. Um, and let's get to the Jaguars stuff. And there's plenty of it, of course, uh, starting with uh, last week's game in Cincinnati. Let's start with the offense, though. Uh, you know, Gardner Minshew spreading it around a little bit still. DJ Chark was back in the lineup last week in, in week four and, and had a, a good game in Cincinnati statistically with a couple of touchdowns, including that nice toe drag in the back uh, line. And a, he stole another one away from a guy, LaVisca Chenault, still a factor, though he left the game with a hamstring issue. And he's on the report this week. Uh, Keelan Cole with a handful of catches. James Robinson doing his thing again. And as we say, Bucky, most weeks, when the offense has moments where it's doing things pretty well, and that's a positive. That is a positive. There's certainly some things to build on with the offense. James Robinson has really been a legitimate number one playmaker for them at running back. And you just don't expect to see an undrafted player come in and have that kind of success. So that is a feather in their cap in terms of being able to find someone off the grid and have success. The wide receivers have done a really good job of making the plays. We saw LaVisca Chenault have a bigger role and make some plays. DJ Chark continues to be the number one and Keelan Cole makes plays on third down. And so when you think about their main weapons, their weapons are there. The one thing, even though Garner Minshew had 350 yards uh, in that game, some of that still feels like a little padded, uh, almost empty calories at the end of the game. I need, I would like to see him be a little more productive when they really needed that third quarter stretch when the Bengals went on a 17-0 run. We needed to see Garner Minshew make some plays to kind of get the Jaguars out of that rut. He has to kind of take that next step to be the franchise quarterback that some are hoping that he can be. John, what'd you make of the group last week in Cincinnati? Well, the receivers, I think, are fine. I mean, the receivers are what they are. I think we know what they are. DJ Chark 
is an above the X's and O's guy, and I think he's he's turning into, if not already turned into, an elite number one receiver. I wondered, I thought he still had a step to take after last season. I think he's taken that step. When he's in, they're scoring 25 or more points. When he was out, they had 13. Beyond that, I think Chenault still has NFL stuff to learn, NFL route running stuff to learn, but it's clear he's going to be fine. Uh, you know, you know, those are really their two, and I think beyond that, it, it's going to be trying to figure out if Keelan Cole's that guy, but they've been fine this year. I agree with Bucky. The third quarter of the Bengals game, to me, is the concern about Minshew. When they really needed it, it wasn't there, and it, I'm just curious if, if we have time for Bucky. What went wrong there? Was that a major concern, or is that a blip? You know, it's funny, John. Like, it's one of those things where big-time players make plays in those moments. And I feel like those elite franchise quarterbacks, they seize an opportunity when it's there. They can feel the momentum of the game kind of shifting, and they're able to insert themselves and make a play. And for whatever reason, Garner hasn't been able to do that. He hasn't been able to make those plays. In the past two weeks in particular, he hasn't been able to make those plays when you're counting on him to make a play. And so you just wonder, does he have that in his bag? Or is he a guy that is destined to be a guy that can, look, he can be a, a solid manager and you can have all the talent around him, but you're not able necessarily to put the game on his shoulders. And so there's certainly a ceiling when you have that kind of quarterback. All right. Well, we've got a lot of season left to, to see if he can improve in that area. Well, now this week they're playing a, a Texans defense that still has J.J. Watt on the roster, in case you forgot, three-time uh, defensive player of the year. It's been a little bit since he's been at that type of level. Um, Bucky, is J.J. Watt still J.J. Watt that we all know and remember? No, he's not playing like the three-time defensive player of the year, but he's that, that KG vet who can still flash in moments. He can't take over the entire game, but he can take it over in segments. He can have splash plays on back-to-back -back plays in a drive. He can dominate a quarter, and maybe in that brief glimpse of dominance, he can create a strip sack fumble or pressure the quarterback and create an interception. So he is still dangerous. He's not as dangerous as he once was, but he's still someone that you have to keep an eye on. Yeah, John, if you underestimate him, all of a sudden you'll be looking at him standing in the end zone with the football. That's kind of the way he plays. Yeah, it's almost not fair after, what, he's, he's in his 10th year, I think, if I remember. The, or yeah. It's almost not fair to ask, is he J.J. Watt? Because for three or four years, he was almost a defense by himself. He was as good as any strong defensive end, whatever you call his position. He was as good as there was. He, it, it's not really a, quote, sack position, and yet he was getting 16 or 17 sacks. He was superhuman. He's not that, but as you said, if you ignore him, can he make plays that normal defensive ends make? Absolutely. Other pieces of this defense, uh, guys, Zach Cunningham has a big contract now at linebacker, and Bradley Roby uh, came over last year, in fact, from Denver, and he's playing pretty well at the cornerback position. Uh, they've, they've really put a lot of stock into to Cunningham down there, Bucky, and they're, they're going to ride with him for a little while. Yeah, they are going to ride with him for a little while. He's a physical player, a guy that really excels in the box. And when you saw him coming out of Vanderbilt, he was someone that could gobble up ball carries in the hole. He's continued to be that um, for the Texans. 
He's outstanding from his instinct standpoint. Love the physicality that he brings to the table. And so he's someone that you certainly have to be aware of. And if I'm James Robinson, I have to know where he is because if the Jaguars are going to run the ball consistently, he is going to have to find a way to run through Zach Cunningham a time or two to really set the tone. John, this, this always kind of feels like a game that's, you know, 20 to 10, 24 to you know, 13 kind of thing. It, it never really feels like it's up and down the field. It's always kind of a running and defense kind of day. Is that, at least that's been the feel over the last few years to me. Yeah, unfortunately, the last time the teams played, it was, it was the Texans running up and down the field in London. And right. it's, yeah. the Texans have too long a streak in this series. It, it, it's four games since the glory year of 2017 when the Jaguars drummed them and the Texans had quarterback problems. They need to turn that. It, it, it's really more of a hex JP against this team than the team everybody loves to hate, which is the Titans. They actually they beat the Titans last year, if you remember, on a Thursday night. They haven't gotten over the hump in a long time against the Texans. I thought the Texans were going to be the team to beat this year. I was wrong. Uh, they need to turn that around, and this is the year they should. Beyond the adrenaline thing, the Texans have not been particularly strong. They've been bad against the run for about 11 or 12 games now. The Jaguars' defense must keep this thing close enough to where James Robinson, I feel like a broken record, Bucky, but they've got to keep this thing close <laughs> enough where James Robinson can be a factor the entire game except for two and a half quarters. Yeah, this is, this is a tough one. You, you, you need everybody on deck. This is a game that really requires complementary football. It, it requires the defense to be able to prop up the offense and the special teams. The kicking game, they need to provide some opportunities for the offense. This team is, is difficult because you look at them, they're 0-4, but they play four really good teams. Uh, you know the talent's there. They have Deshaun Watson. They have some playmakers. The defense still has some talent, but they haven't put it all together. What has to happen early? With the momentum that they have, Jaguars have to jump on them right away. You have to put them in a hole. You can't let them get any confidence because this is a game that I'm sure they're looking at the Jaguars as, hey, this is a get-right game for us. We can get a division game against a team that we feel strongly that we can beat. And, uh, John, to your point, the uh, Jags have dropped four in a row against the Texans, and 15 of the last 19 meetings have mm. gone Houston's way in this series. Uh, let's come back. You've touched on the defense briefly. We will go in-depth for this group that's uh, had another struggle last week in Cincinnati and see if we can figure some things out on the defensive side. Farah and Farah reminds you to continue to wear a mask. Help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Farah and Farah protecting you and your family since 1979. We're off and running on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars fans, game day is back. And this year we've teamed up with Jameson to add another win to your week with official Jaguars and Jameson branded collectible stadium cups. 
They're only available for a limited time in the Jacksonville metro area. So grab yours today, pour a smooth Jameson, ginger and lime, and cheer on the Jags with Jameson. Taste responsibly. Jameson Irish Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. 80 proof. Product of Ireland. Copyright 2020. Imported by John Jameson Import Company. New York, New York. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour rolls along on this Wednesday of week five. The Jags and the Texans coming up. NRG Stadium, the site. One o'clock kickoff time this week as the Jags try to snap a three-game slide. Well, let's uh, move along now to the defensive side. And, uh, and the big storylines going into last week's game were, hey, you got to get pressure on Joe Burrow. you got to continue to stop the run. Joe Mixon hadn't done a lot yet in the season. Um, well, neither one of those happened. Part of that was some of the frontline players went out in the second half. That's when Joe Mixon got most of his yardage on the ground. He went for 121 of his 151 in the second half of the game. Joe Burrow had one official sack. It was a slide down at the line of scrimmage, touchdown by Josh Allen, and he was only hit five times. So, John, um, none of the things that we discussed going into the game really worked out for the Jaguars' defense last week. No, nothing did. And the only sliver that you can hang on to is they weren't very good. And I don't think they're going to be dominant at all this year. I think that's sort of out of the realm of possibility unless they prove us incredibly wrong. But they were hanging around and they were managing it, if you will, when Miles Jack was in the game. So, you know, if he comes back, can they be a defense that treads water enough to keep the offense in the game? You know, it all went away against Joe Mixon when Miles went out. Had it not, you probably don't see those easy third-quarter touchdown drives, and they're still in it in the fourth quarter. So, you know, that's my sliver of hope. I'm, Bucky, I'm hanging on over here. I, there's a thread yeah. here, and I'm hanging on by it. But that's my hope. No, it's tough because the defense just hasn't generated enough big plays. And the, the two blue-chip players that we know about are Josh Allen, uh, Miles Jack. And I will now begin to throw Josh Jones into that category because he has been a very productive player for the Jaguars coming out of that safety position. But those guys have to make all of the plays. And it's just so tough for them to have everything on their shoulders. So you do need some guys to step up. We do need to see Joe Schobert make some plays, particularly against the run game. You need some of the guys up front to be able to occupy those uh, blockers so they can run and chase. But it's a collaborative effort. The defense as a whole needs to play better. They have to be able to take care of business on early downs so maybe you can back up the quarterback and have a chance to get off the field on third down. Now, historically, Watson does hold the ball a little bit, but mm -hmm. he can also take off and run like a deer around and through the defense too, Bucky. So that's the issue this week. That is the issue. He's a fantastic playmaker, but JP, you pointed out something that is his Achilles heel. 
he does hold on to the ball for an extended period of time. And if you do have pass rushes, he gives them opportunities to get home. He also has a problem when you can move him around and kind of get him out of the pocket. He will make some haphazard throws, and there are some turnover opportunities that should be available. And so he is a fantastic player. He's definitely on the rise and beginning to knock on the door in that elite category when it comes to being a top-five quarterback. But the Jaguars could have an opportunity to force him into some turnovers if they can just find a way to generate some kind of pressure at the point of attack. You know, John, it's interesting looking at the, the final results and, and what Deshaun Watson has done against the Jags. It's not like a pinball machine in terms of statistics for Deshaun when he plays the Jaguars. He's effective, though. They get winning results. But the results are 20 to 7, 20 to 3, 13 to 12, 26 to 3 in London last year. He threw a couple touchdowns in that game. But it's not like he's throwing for 400 yards every time. Yeah, London felt like 40, though. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to jump on everything, but that felt like an absolute uh, blowout. I guess it wasn't from the score, yes. but it felt like the Texans had control. But saying that, I'll give you a clue into my 10 things this week, JP. I know you look forward to my 10 uh-huh. things on Friday morning. 10 things the Jaguars must do to beat the Texans. One is pressuring Deshaun Watson. But the biggest one is tackling Deshaun Watt. And that's what really defined the London game last year. It's the last time these two teams played. They got all sorts of pressure. And it feels like there were 10 times where they had him. He spun away and made plays. That's his MO. They've got to pressure him, but you must tackle this man. And uh, too often he has made the three or four plays a game by escaping pressure against the Jaguars. So... Can you stop that? Can you actually get him down when you get the sack? There would be nothing more frustrating for this team, meaning the Jaguars, than to get great pressure and have Deshaun Watson beat them the way he's beaten them the last few times, which is escaping it, breaking a tackle, and making a play downfield. It's funny, John. I want to piggyback off that point because you talk about the pressure and being able to stay after him. It's a, it's a concerted effort from the back end to plaster the receivers when Deshaun Watson leaves the pocket. A lot of times with Deshaun Watson, when he's moving around, somehow his guys are uncovered and he'll launch a bomb down the field. So it's really important this week in practice that the coaches are harping on the DBs. Stay with your guy. Even if Deshaun Watson is running around, you let the rush and the linebackers take care of number four. You make sure you stay with your guy. Cannot see these big plays happen because – This is a game that should be very, very competitive, and you just don't want to see the explosive plays, particularly off a broken play, become one of the deciding factors. One other note on on Watson. We were talking about uh, his uh, penchant for holding the ball a little long. Remember, a few years ago, he had 60. He was sacked 62 times. That was a league Mm -hmm. high that year in 2018. And so far this year, 16 sacks of Watson. That is a league high for 2020. How's the O-line holding up in Houston, Bucky? I mean, you said it. He's been battered around. A lot of it, some of it is due to his own um, desire to hold on to the ball, waiting for the big play to develop. Yeah. But this offense line, they have, they have pieces up front. Laramie Tulsa is one of the best left tackles that you can find. Um, but there's some vulnerabilities there. The, the, the problem that you have, if you're Todd Wash, how do I go about attacking this offensive line? If I bring extra defenders... Am I confident enough that my guys can cover? I would say this week, they may have an opportunity to be able to cover on the outside, not an entire game of 
one like cover one or man free coverage. But I think you can man up a little bit and come after them. I think he has to pick his spots, but he cannot allow Deshaun Watson to sit back in the pocket like a toy soldier and have his way when he wants to throw the ball. All right, let's get to this the running game of Houston. David Johnson came in in the trade, obviously, from, from Arizona. You know, in the past down there, they've had some, some big-name backs over the years, but uh, Johnson had most of his big time in Arizona earlier in his career so far. You see on your screen what he has done here in 2020. And how about that? He has not played Jacksonville ever. He was out the year the Jags played the Cardinals out there, so he did not play in that game. Uh, what do you make of Johnson so far? He'll he'll have his moments, Bucky. Yeah, he had his moments, man. He, he looked like he was getting off to a great start the first game of the year against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Opening drive, man. They fed it to him. They gave it to him. He was running. He was catching. He looked like David Johnson of old, who almost getting the 1,000-1,000 club. Um, since that point in the year, they just haven't been able to do it. But you now wonder, without Bill O'Brien on the sideline, Tim Kelly being able to really put his – stamp on this offense do they find a way to feature david johnson i think that is probably the best course of action for them because it alleviates some of the pressure on deshaun watson no doubt about that and john of course they have deep threat and in, in will fuller who when healthy can be productive on the outside and given what's going on in the secondary these days for the jags that could be something the the texans could exploit yeah, and uh, Fuller has played well this year. Their receivers haven't been a problem. But since we have the scout on, I want to ask the scout his take on this because I just don't know it. How much does the offense, especially Deshaun Watson, we all talked about the Hopkins factor when he left. How different is it and how different a quarterback does Watson have to be because of Hopkins' absence? How has that really played so, out? So so here's the thing with the, the – DeAndre Hopkins, he is one of the finest playmakers in football at wide receiver, maybe the best wide receiver in the game. The problem that you had when you had DeAndre Hopkins in Houston with Deshaun Watson, he had a crutch. So in every critical situation, he would throw the ball to number 10, which is fine, but it prevented him from fully expanding his game. Well, now when you have these other guys, Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller, you really have a, a series of catch-and-run playmakers, guys that you can throw the underneath stuff, and it enables you, in theory, to protect Deshaun Watson from taking those hits if he will get the ball out of his hands. And so it hasn't come together yet, but certainly he can be dangerous with those guys. And Will Fuller is typically the guy that makes it go because he is the vertical stretch. He's the big play player. He can make it happen. And also, I forgot to mention Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is also another player that can make things happen on the perimeter. All right, there's a look at the Texans' offense against the uh, Jaguars' defense that that needs a good effort. They need a they, they give the effort. That's not what I meant. They need a good result this week. Uh, from all of that effort, they haven't had one in a few weeks. It's uh, maybe this is the week to get things right or closer to right on the defensive side of the football. This season, the Jags are launching predictive gaming exclusively in the Jaguars' mobile app. Choose a bingo card, pick your favorite three players, and place wagers to win prizes. You can check the games out in the mobile app right now and get ready for Sunday's matchup against the Houston Texans. When we return, Jimmy Luck joins us, head equipment manager for the uniform combo unveiling. What will the Jags wear Sunday in Houston? We're halfway home on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. 
Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Price is subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity pinpoint the official signage partner of the jacksonville jaguars helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand your company's identification advertising and even the words you use make an impression on your clients with pinpoint as your coach you can make sure it's a good impression pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. That music each week means it's time to hear from head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jimmy Luck, who joins us from TIAA Bank Field. And uh, Jimmy, good afternoon. What's up, man? What's going on? How you guys doing? Oh, we're, we're hanging in there, uh, getting ready to go to Houston, another road trip. Back-to-back -back road games. How difficult of a stretch is that for you and your crew? I know I mean, this, this whole thing is a little more difficult than normal this year, but in terms of back-to-back -back road games, it just adds a little more to what what is on your plate, I'm sure. Well, we just, it's kind of, uh, we get back and uh, we restock the trunks and get them ready to head back out, put back on the truck. And uh, the drive truck will head out uh, tomorrow. So um, we get them all, make sure we got them ready to go tonight and put it on the road and pack up the player bag Saturday and off we go. Jimmy, I find it interesting. So, so what, what goes calls by now? that it's just part of your day? I mean, is it adding that much anymore? Or is it, I mean, tell me how overwhelming it is for the staff, because it's got to be tough. Yeah, but we've kind, of, we've kind of gotten our routine down. I mean, we've done it since training camp with the extra cleaning and some of the other little things we do here and there. Um, so it's kind of just become part of the daily routine. And, you know, we might get here a few minutes earlier and stay a few minutes later, but it's, you know, it's kind of just the routine now. You know, because we all like working and playing, so that's uh, what we got to do. <laughs> no doubt about that. Hey, uh, Jimmy, what's the uh, the big difference this year that we haven't seen a lot of, or any of, because it's against the rules this year, is the post-game jersey exchange between players on the field. Of course, the, the focus the last day or so has been mm -hmm. Stephon Gilmore talking close with Patrick Mahomes, but in those mm -hmm. circumstances in the past, a lot of times – Guys would take the jerseys off, exchange them, get photos, and do all that. Um, how is that different this year? Are guys still exchanging them through mail? How's that happening? And how does that affect you? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so that, it really hasn't stopped them from uh, trading jerseys. It just happens uh, kind of behind closed doors now, um, <laughs> which I, I'm not a big fan of it just because it puts a little bit more work on us. But at least if they did it on the field, then I don't have to worry about it later. It's already done. Um, but now with the new protocols, it's you know, like you said, it's just another thing we do. We bring them back, we sanitize them, and then the guys will normally want to sign them. And then I'll send a package with, you know, a couple jerseys up there and their equipment guy will send me a package with a couple jerseys. So um, it just goes longer into the week where if it's right there on the field, it's kind of over and done with. Bucky, I don't remember that being a thing except for recent history. Is that true? That didn't happen no, when you were like, playing. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a recent thing, JP. It's, it's new. I, I think the only thing I was trying to do was trying to swipe the jersey at the end of the year, my own jersey, not – get somebody else's like that was always the big thing can i get my own jersey and my helmet and and that stuff um jimmy with 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 all of the things that are going on how, how are the guys responding to like just the differences when it comes to like the different uniforms and those things or whatever how responsive have they been to the designs that you put out there for them each and every week um well i try to get their feedback um Obviously, the jerseys and things like that, what we wear, are dictated by who's the home team and kind of what our marketing plans are and, and all that. And then whatever the visiting team decides, we basically do the opposite. So jerseys are pretty much set. Um, but we do go in and talk to some of the players and say, hey, you know, what pants do you like? What color you want to wear? Uh, what color socks you want to wear? So we'll, we'll try to get their feedback on it. Um, nobody's always happy. No matter what we wear, somebody's always on me. But... You know, it's part of the deal, and we like giving people a hard time about it. Uh, uh, Avery was just in there a minute ago asking, um, you know, why are we wearing this? And I said, well, we went around and asked all the really good players what uh, their opinion. He said, well, nobody wow. asked me. He said, well, there you go. I don't know. So, But that's, but that's kind of some of the, the ribbing we give in. You know, Cam, Cam thinks he's a big fashion guy, so uh, we'll ask him a little bit. So, But it's all in good fun in there. Wow. I, I would I would think so. It's it's uh, it's not for the the weak hearted. That's for sure. When you walk in that equipment room, uh, everybody is is open and fair game in that room. All right, Jimmy, are you ready to unveil the uniforms? If you would, sir, what are the Jaguars wearing this Sunday against the Texans at NRG Stadium? So we're going with the uh, the white jerseys. We got uh, Chase on. He's uh, he's actually from Houston, so we got him. Uh, Got him going there. And then, even though it kind of looks the same, we're going white pants, but we're going to wear mm. uh, the black socks with it. So, and Chase On does a little neat thing where we take some tights and sew it on there so he doesn't get fined and doesn't show skin. So, but we'll wear the white jerseys, white <laughs> pants with black socks. Whoa, that's that's quite the contraption right there, those pants. Now, the, 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 the tights are sewn into the bottom of the thing so he, so he doesn't get in trouble for showing his skin. That's right, yeah. So it gives the appearance of that his socks are pulled up. And then he oh. can kind of wear like mid-calf socks and not have to worry about it. So it's Man, little things it, like that. That's why I kind of brought that. I thought that was kind of a neat little thing for everybody to see <laughs> that you don't JP, really notice they, on the field. But, um, you know, we try to help those guys out with some of that stuff. So they, they've, they've taken a the trick. We used to cut off the bottom of the socks. So you wear two pairs of socks. You would cut off the bottom mm -hmm. and put that on over top of your second layer so you could wear the booties or the footies or whatever it is that you wanted to wear. But now the equipment team is all on it. Look at you guys. <laughs> yeah, it just saves that because sometimes guys, you know, like some of these guys have giant calves and even when you cut the socks, <laughs> it's just so tight on them. 
that uh, that makes it easier just to take a pair of tights and do that. So um, there's all sorts of little tricks we try to do. You know, if they want to leave their shirt untucked, we try to give them the same color shirt as the pants, at least so it's not as noticeable. You know, so oh, there's some yeah. things we try to do to help them so they don't get fined. Man, look at that. Ingenuity in the equipment room. I remember uh, this was when Brad Meester played. Uh, Luck, oh, you'll remember this when he had his yep. jersey, but it had like a button underneath between his legs. The jersey went all oh, the way he... down there, and that's kind of how he wore it. The onesie. Yeah, there's a. Uh, right. right. He, he did that. He did that his whole career, and there was another Jag that um, that did that that we had in Atlanta, um, Grady Jackson, and uh, sometimes Grady, those big Grady guys. Grady. It's not the. The greatest thing to help them get in and out of that but um you know it, it keeps their shirt tucked in and um but it's kind of a neat thing you know I and mean, it's it, you build a little bond with them when you help them like that uh i think so you might have to go button that yourself uh sir uh, all right jimmy well done that's what the jaguars are wearing this sunday in houston and let's go get a w down at nrg stadium how about it jimmy all right let's do it Let's do it. Jimmy Luck, let's play him out of here. The head equipment manager for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back in a moment. We will um, get the scouts view from Bucky Brooks about the Jaguars wide receiver core. We'll play big game Jaguar. And Jaguars happy hour is presented by the Fields Cadillac of Jacksonville and Fields Cadillac St. Augustine, members of the Fields Auto Group. And this is the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity the best thing about working at fair and farrah is all of the employees we all work together it's extremely enjoyable to come to work every day there's a, um, a common cause or goal no matter what your job is we're all there for the client we are dedicated to our clients 100 percent we do everything it takes to maximize the value of their claims fair and fair is really the farrah family when they choose us they choose a family to fight for them and to protect them and to make sure that they're in a good place and that they have somebody on their side farrah and farrah here for you, here for good. Jacksonville. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group on this Wednesday. We're getting ready for the Houston Texans, the Jags and the Texans, the AFC South battle. Jags at 1-3, and three. they dropped three straight. The Texans at 0-4, and, four and uh, no head coach. Well, the interim head coach is now Romeo Cornell after they fired Bill O'Brien on Monday. So, uh, turmoil in Houston, but 
We, we heard what Gardner Minshew had to say about that earlier today. If you didn't, check out his press conference on Jaguars.com. The Jags have introduced Jags at Home, an interactive second-screen experience on Jaguars game days that features Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. You'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes each game day. Visit JagsAtHome.com, and they'll be ready to roll this Sunday as well. Let's, uh, let's, before we get to the scouts' view and big game Jaguar, those are coming up. Let's touch on a little of the, the NFL news, guys. The, uh, the latest COVID-19 news. The Titans had two more positives, so their building is still closed. So obviously this week's game against the Bills is up in the air. But apparently reports now, guys, that they broke protocols and gathered for a workout off-site at some point uh, last week. Uh, this is not... Uh, this is not going away in Tennessee, Bucky, very easily. No, it's not going away. And you, sometimes you have to protect players against themselves. And so they're sitting there and they're trying to, when everyone would tell you to get extra workouts in and the camaraderie of coming together, whatever, in this climate, that is not what you want to do. And so, yeah, they're probably going to get hefty fines. They're going to be penalized and they may miss another game because the COVID testing has turned up a couple more positive tests. And, and John, it's happening, uh, well, uh, another one in, in New England, of course, with uh, Gilmore we've heard about. And that domino effect has not quite started to fall as of yet. We hope it doesn't, but that's another big name. Yeah, it is. And I don't know what's going to – you don't know how the Gilmore thing's going to expand. So it, it's impossible to really comment on that yet. But getting back to the Tennessee thing and, you know, Rivalry aside, this would be true no matter what team we're talking about. When the Saints got punished for, was it Bounty Gate way back when? It, the hefty punishment was sort of about a blatant disregard for what was right in the NFL. This is going to be that same thing if they find out, if the league indeed does find out that there was a blatant disregard for COVID rules and for just sort of flaunting when you're told not to and you go ahead and do it. It's like when I was raising my son. It's one thing if he made a mistake. If I said, Jake, don't do that, and he went and did it, that was different. And as you know, JP, he did that a lot. But <laughs> this is going to be a real deal in terms of punishment. I don't know if it's draft picks or forfeiting or what, but this feels like not a slap on the wrist. It feels like a message is going to be sent, a hard message, and I'm fascinated to see how it's going to play out because if it indeed was a blatant thing where they said, we're going to go practice after the commissioner told us not to, wow, it's going to be bad. Yeah, and this, one, this story is obviously just beginning to, uh, to boil over and we'll follow it as uh, the rest of you will throughout the coming days and weeks. And by the way, Jake is a, a, uh, is a perfect angel, John. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> Come on. Well, fair. Still paying for it, but that's fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that happens. Uh, let's get to Scout's view this week, guys. And, uh, Bucky, we want to hear your take on the Jaguars' wide receiver core. It was a heralded group coming into this season. There was a lot of um, high hopes, I think, for that, for that unit. Um, what is your take so far on them? Have they lived up to that expectation? I think they have, JP. I think you should be pleasantly surprised by the work that we're seeing from the Jaguars wide receiver core. Um, 
DJ Chark has, has been solid when he's been on the field. You see LaVisca Chenault has come on like game busters. And Keelan Cole is still the chain mover that you want. I think the big disappointment for me would be Chris Conley because he's had some drops that have plagued his play. But right now, I think the strength of the Jaguars squad would be the consistency of the wide receiver core and the diversity that they have amongst the core. I think this is something that you certainly can build on and going forward as they continue to rebuild this team, I think they should feel good about the pass catches that they have on the perimeter. John, what are your thoughts about this group so far? Obviously, with Chenault jumping in and playing well, that's an added boost. Chark, we knew, was going to be very good, but um, it's been nice so far to, to see these guys actually playing pretty well. Yeah, I would say it's, it's as expected. I mean, I thought DJ, again, I thought he was going to develop. I didn't know if he was going to be an elite one. I think he's showing he's that. To me, Chenault's far ahead of what I expect from a rookie receiver because I just, I just don't expect much out of rookies. I think he's going to get better and better as he learns more about the nuances of the game. And Keenan, Keenan McCardell, the Jaguars wide receivers coach, he's going to teach him that. Uh, so I think they've got two guys they can go build around. And then beyond that, I'm not really surprised at the rest of it because I think the guys are what we thought they were. So, you know, I absolutely think it's a good group. I think it's almost unfair or it's hard to gauge them incredibly well because when you're so far down all the time, the opponent knows what kind of routes you're going to have to run. I would love to see the entire offense play a couple of games where they have a three-point lead or they're in it because mm -hmm. then the defense doesn't know what you're going to play. So I think in that sense... Shark is able to thrive because no matter what you do against him, he's going to thrive. Most receivers need some sort of scheming and help. It's harder to do that when you're so far behind. Man, I agree the way with the that. game goes. Yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about that. So there's our scouts take. Thank you very much for that this week. Let's get now to our big game Jaguar of the week where we pick our Jaguar to have a big game for the Jags this week against the Houston Texans. We're going to switch up the order this week, throw a curveball at you guys. I'm going first, and I'm going with James Robinson, the Jaguars wide, uh, running back. He's been fantastic, of course, the most scrimmage yards through four games for an undrafted rookie in league history. He's fantastic so far. Can they run the ball a bit more? Can they balance out this offense to the point we just kind of made there and heard from John and Bucky? It would help if they were in a second half where they had a tie or a lead or were close and could stick with that running game and see how he can really play in that scenario. But I think they're going to give him the ball, and I think he's my big game Jaguar for this week in Houston, especially considering that the Texans have struggled a bit against the run this year. Johnny O, what do you have for us? Well, maybe you can just go again, JP. I mean, since you're going first now, just go. Just go. <laughs> you take my Chenault take. It's a... Uh, I'm a bitter man, Bucky. I'm a bitter, bitter person. Uh, I think Chenault is intriguing this week. He needs to have a big game because you need somebody aside from DJ Chark in the passing game. What I wonder about Chenault, and I don't know the answer to it, how will he continue to develop? He had five catches for 86 last week, I think it was, or he was in that range. That's enough to make coordinators really watch him now. He still needs developing. He still doesn't, he's not a great route runner, not great with his hands yet. How quickly is he developing on that front? Can he back up a very productive week last week 
with another productive week this week, start showing consistency that veteran receivers usually start showing. But he's going to figure out a way to contribute somehow because he's so athletic and can do so many things. All right. I started yeah. us off strong. Osier kind of got us through the middle of the race, but now the anchor leg, Bucky Brooks, is going to bring us on home with his. What do you got? Yeah, yeah I'm going to bring you home, and I'm going to say that Garner Minshew has the big sombrero this week. He has to wear the big hat. He needs to be the big game Jaguar because they need him to play at a high level. I know we saw and we've talked about him throwing for over 350 yards against the Bengals, but I want to see him do it when it really matters. This is the week for them to be able to do it because I do believe James Robinson should have success running the ball. That should enable Garner Minshew to be able to throw the ball in favorable situations. He has shown that he can do that. Let's see him do it at a high level. This is the week for him to do so. All right, there you have it. I've got Robinson. Osher has Chenault. Bucky has Gardner Minshew with the big sombrero. I like that reference. Very nice. Uh, well done, Bucky. All right, final thought here. Feel for this game this week. It's a combined one and seven record between the teams, so it's not the ideal on paper matchup that's going to get a lot of national buzz. But obviously, both teams need this game for really similar reasons. The Texans are in turmoil. The Jaguars have dropped three straight. John, how's this one going to feel on Sunday? Well, I feel better about it than I did last week. I, I've, I had a bad feeling all last week about the Cincinnati game because it felt like they were ready to break out. So I don't necessarily feel that way about the Texans until they fired O'Brien. And I worry about the adrenaline thing a little bit. Uh, they're not that bad, the Texans. They're not 0-4 bad. They play a tough schedule. But they're also not playing up to what they were supposed to play to. So I'm going to go with the Jags, but it's going to take what Bucky just talked about. Gardner's got to wear the sombrero for me to feel great about the Jags. I think he does it this week. You know, this is a tough one, JP, because I feel like this game is going to play out like the other games, particularly in the first half. I feel like the momentum from the Texans early, they'll probably come hot out the gate. But I do believe, because the Jaguars have played in so many of these games, the offense will get them back in. And then it's up to the defense to find a couple of stops in the third and fourth quarter. Don't expect them to dominate the game, but just a couple of stops, almost like an arena ball game. If they can just get two or three stops, I think that is more than enough for them to be able to win because the offense should have their way against the Texans' defense. Yeah, they, they forced one punt last week. That was on the opening drive against Cincinnati. They had the interception after the drive, uh, but they didn't stop them the rest of the day. A, a stop, a turnover, something to, to get the Texans off the field would certainly help there. Uh, guys, well done. We got through another program. Johnny O, we'll talk to you a little later in the week. And Bucky, we will talk to you on postgame this coming Sunday. Appreciate it, guys. All right, John Osier, Bucky Brooks. For our entire crew, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for watching this Wednesday edition of Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network.